This is Alpha Geek Radio. History of Ever. Oh, hello. Oh, now okay, now it's working. Again. Can everyone hear us? What's the name of this panel check, again? Check, 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 check. check. Hello? Yep. Am there I we go. Be doing that? Can you hear me? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> there you go. You know what I always think about these microphones? I always think that there's a rap star has been mouthing on this thing before yeah. I got it. <laughs> you know how they just about eat them? Right. And I'm getting somebody's leftovers. Anyway. All right, everybody. Hello, everyone. All right, Stephen, take it away, man. All right, welcome to the uh, the comics panel here at Nerdtacular 2014. I'm Stephen Schleicher. I run a website called Majorspoilers.com where we talk about comic books and pop culture and all sorts of geeky stuff. And occasionally we get to run into some very cool comic creators. So the goal of this panel is um, really kind of free flow. We can talk about anything that you guys want to talk about. Uh, but ideally we want to look at... How do you get into it? What are some things that you want to consider if you're trying to work for a comic book publisher? You know, a couple of our people up here have worked for comic book publishers. What happens if you want to self-publish? What happens if you want to just work in web comics? So that's what we're going to talk about for the next hour. And so we're going to go through and we're going to introduce our panelists. And what I'm going to do is just uh, give their name and then they can talk a little about uh, what I want you guys to do is tell us what you're most known for. Okay. And what made you want to get into comics? So why don't we start right here to my right with Adriana Ferguson, who does Minor Acts of Heroism. Welcome. Hey. So uh, so why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into comics. Um, I got into comics, I think my older brother and my dad were into comic books. Uh, they were more like Marvel guys. And then like in 1989, like the Batman movie came out. And I was like, oh my it's like that period of time was really like like would you like to be into comics it's like just here's Batman movie and here's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles just like uh, yes and then the Batman animated series and stuff um, I just I, I really wanted to, to draw and uh, tell stories okay. and I, I think that just has has been what like comic books are like mm-hmm. drawing and telling stories mm-hmm. yeah um, what was the other question? Well, I, I got, I'll have another r- real quick one for you okay. in just a second, okay. but you can be thinking about it because you kind of cross over between print, web, and yes. uh, electronics. So okay. we'll come back to you in just a moment. All right. Next up, we have Howard Porter. Hey, Howard. Hey. Good to see you. How I got into comics? Yeah, how did you get into comics? Oh. I mean, a lot of people know you from Flash, yeah. Justice League, um, yeah. a lot of DC comics. Uh, Jeff Johns stuff. Ways. Yeah, yeah worked yep. with Jeff Johns. <laughs> Fantastic Four. Yeah, um, Fantastic Four, yeah. It started uh, really young, um, uh, probably elementary school. I would ride the school bus reading. I had to bring a couple comics on the bus with me. And the bus driver said, hey, would you like to trade some comics so, you know, we can get a deal going on here? And I'm like, that okay. That sounds seedy. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. And um, I would give him a couple of books, and he would give me a whole shopping bag full of comic books. And I'm like, this is the best bus driver ever. <laughs> so that's probably where it started. And um, I lived out in the country, so there wasn't many people, kids around for me to play with. That was my escapism, and and uh, that's that's where it okay. all began. Right. Excellent. Great. Thank you for coming, uh, Brian Dunaway, Comics that's Coast me. to Coast. Yeah. Comics Coast to Coast. Those who try to get into comics and uh, fail, 
uh, do podcasts about comics, and that's what we do. Uh, i got one of my co-hosts up here with me, Joel Duggan. He'll be talking just in a few minutes, talking about his experiences on comics coast to coast. Uh, it's, it's odd. I hadn't thought about when I started reading comics when I was a kid, uh, but I, I do remember one of my aunts, uh, she had brought me a trash bag full of just a variety of, of, of comic books, and, uh, and it was just amazing. Opened my eyes to that whole world. Also, just walked in the door is uh, Matthew Descharmes. He's my other uh, co-host on Comics Coast to Coast. And we'll be doing a show after this, too. We'll be doing a... Where's it at? The Superior Room? No idea. Superior Room. <laughs> right after this, we'll be doing the Superior Room. I just room. Down here. I have no idea. But, uh, yeah, I, I, my whole life has been full of uh, either animation, comic books, uh, and it's been a dream of mine to talk to a lot of my heroes, and Comics Coast to Coast has allowed me to do just that. And I think my favorite that I ever talked to uh, was the creator of Rocco's Modern Life, Joe Murray. I got a chance to talk to that guy, and he's... He's insane, but uh, he's he's a he's a fun guy. That's about, that's that's me, man. Excellent, cool. Now next we have Scott Johnson. I don't know if people know much about this guy. <laughs> he does this web comic called uh, Extra Life. Yeah. So what's this all 13 about? Thirteen years of 13. Extra Life. Um, yeah, it's been around a while. So I have been doing that comic for thirteen years consistently. It's still there, still happening. It has a good following, and I love doing it. I have a lot of passion for it still. Um, there are a lot of things that sort of led up to that, but my passion for all this started when I was very young. I drew all the time. Um, in fact, there's a very uh, specific moment when I was r- very young when my mother and father saw me draw Bert and Ernie on a chalkboard. <laughs> and it probably wasn't very good. My only memory of it, though, is that they said, wow, that's really good. You should right. keep doing that. Oh. And I remember at that moment going... Yeah, approval. I could do yeah. this. Yeah. And it probably sucked because, you know, your parents, good parents tell you to they encourage you to do things, right? So that was a big deal for me. And I remember that very specific experience. The only two things I remember from being that age, that and swallowing a quarter once. And that was real bad. <laughs> that was a grim scene when that happened. Um, but ever since then, it's almost all I've cared about. When I was a kid, if I didn't have a pen in my hand or a tape recorder in my hand, I wasn't happy. So... Now that's all I do. And it's nice to be able to kind of do what you did when you're a kid. But the art side has always been a really special thing for me, and it's always been a thing that I've been able to fall back on, rely on, makes a, uh, you know, can make you a living, but also it just provides such a great outlet for, for creativity. And that's involved, you know, passion for comic books and strips. And, you know, Calvin and Hobbes was like an idol for, for me and many of us. Um, so these things all sort of accumulated to... to basically make it so I didn't want to do anything else. And uh, art has a huge part of that. And I am a giant fan of Howard's work, so I'm oh, stoked yeah. he's on this thing. But anyway, that's me, Stephen. Oh, and I run Nerdtacular. Oh, Nerdtacular. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Nerdtacular. And our final panelist today is Joel Duggan. Uh, you may know him from the webcomic Starcrossed, also co-host of Comics Coast to Coast. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so I've been drawing Starcrossed for almost four years now. Uh, it's approximately a weekly comic. I try to keep up as best I can. Uh, but uh, the thing that drove me to web comics was a deep love in my kind of teenage and college years of the comic strip format and uh, the storytelling, the joke telling, and the character development that you could achieve through strip cartooning. Um, Scott stole my 
Calvin and Hobbes story. We all have one, we, though. We, yeah. we, it, we run into this on Comics Coast to Coast all the time because everybody mentions Bill Watterson, and it sort of seems cliche, but we are the generation that was you know, between 15 and 20 when he was huge. And you can't not mention him in terms of your you know, lifelong influences. But I'll build on that and say also... Frank Cho from Liberty Meadows mm-hmm. uh, was a huge influence, not only in just his writing, because he was off the wall and pushing editor's limits and stuff, but also in his artwork, which is just incredible penmanship. And that's something that I try to bring to my webcomic, is not just the storytelling and and the, um, the character development and the jokes, but I, re- I really enjoy crafting a nice comic. Uh, and I still, for the most part, draw on paper. So that's kind of where my passion lies, is, is the, the craft of it. All right, Grandpa. That's fine. Right. <laughs> so, Never. So thank you, panelists, for being here today. I guess I'm, I'm going to jump really quick over to Howard real quick, because I know a lot of times um, people will come up and say, man, I just want to draw Batman. How do I work for DC Comics? Or, oh, I, want to, I really know how to draw Wolverine. I need to work for Marvel. Tell me, how, what, give me an in for, for getting in there and, and drawing for these companies. <clears throat> well, it's changed a lot since when I got in. Right. There was no internet back then. But um, I, I would say go to the conventions. There's tons of conventions all over the place. And they'll uh, go to the ones that have the Marvel and DC booths there, and they'll have an editor or two there that will review portfolios and and, um, and keep trying to get your face out in front of these people and, and get feedback and, and show them that you're taking what the, the um, advice they give you and, and you're applying it and and that, that's one way or the other way is you can you could put out your own book and, and kick butt on that and get that in front of editors um, that's basically well, let me ask you this. So, if, so let's say I'm 13 on, years on with The Extra Life, and I can show audience numbers and that kind of stuff. Is that valuable to editors if I took that to them and said, hey, I want, I want Image to publish me or whatever. I've had this comic for so long. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you have a following, yeah, they'll definitely be interested in that. And, and plus the quality is great. And well, but I think too, though, it's, it's, I think it's not just them showing up with paper anymore. Is I guess what I'm getting at, right? It can you have other factors that play in. It isn't just discovering some kid and his portfolio. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you, you have other things behind it, momentum from an audience or something that might help yeah, you. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a reason that My Chemical Romance guy. They're like whatever, but then he yeah, became that My Chemical Romance guy. And they're like, yes, please write any comic you want. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, whatever you want. Well, I, I think there's a guy Jeff Lemire now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very popular, and mm-hmm. he started out. Putting on his own stuff, mm-hmm. right? And um, now DC he's doing DC, yeah. he's doing Swamp Thing <laughs> and a bunch yeah. of other stuff. So I guess the thing that I was getting at is, how realistic is it to say, I'm coming out of wherever, I've got the portfolio that I think is really strong. What are the chances of me going to work for the big two as opposed to maybe going to Image or to Boom or to Dynamite or to wherever else, and and maybe uh, starting there. Um, what are the um, if your stuff is really good it'll speak for itself and your chances is, are, are great mm-hmm. um, um, if you can get seen by the editors um, but uh, is, is it that easy Adriana do you think? Uh, I think there's a lot of determining factors um, I would say that one thing is I think you'd agree that like DC and Marvel have a certain house style. Like if yeah, right, if right. 
um, Brian Lee O'Malley, who did Scott Pilgrim, had come to them like, I want to draw Spider-Man. Right. They'd be like, no. <laughs> now they'd be like, oh, please, yes. And now he like he's done like a cover for Young Avengers and stuff now. And now it's like cool because he's like this indie artist that is like really famous and stuff. So again, uh, street cred, and not street cred, word That's of good. mouth word and of popularity, popularity yeah. mm-hmm. has a big thing to do with it. But you also have to have a style that um, meshes well with that superhero thing and um, which can can be kind of uh, I would say um, a barrier to a lot of um, for example like female artists Mm -hmm. um, uh, are tend to be influenced by different uh, things. Uh, you could maybe say more like animation. Uh, people that are influenced more by animation have a harder time getting into the big two. For example, um, Sanford Green, who has worked for the big two, but he mostly, like, because of his animation type style, like is like put on books that are more for kids. Like, let's say the... Um, uh, anim- the, ver- the comic book version of an animated show mm-hmm. like the Teen Titans yeah, comic Teen Titans. Or, or Young Justice comic or something they're like you work on this um, as opposed to putting them on on Spider-Man DC's like we don't actually make Spider-Man Sanford <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah and, and even Frank Cho I think if he didn't have like that hardcore following behind him he might have had like a harder time getting in because his style's a little uh, off the beaten path. But he does like a totally solid job on Avengers and everything now. Like he totally like if you look at it, it's like oh yeah, totally he fits right in. But I can see if you're an editor, you're like what is with all these like little weird cartoon animals and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like no, I don't. Well, I mean, so we should... so we give we live in this time where and this is. Where you know where my feet are firmly planted is in a space where things change really drastically about 1995 or 1996, where suddenly my old idea of syndicating comics or sending things to publishers or even just magazines or whatever, yeah. this is a drastic change because the way it used to work was send your stuff to somebody, have it rejected because the way it worked was there's this tiny little gateway and about a thousand people outside the gate trying to get in and one dude with a key. And that's just the way it was. It's true of TV, radio, and everything else. Maybe that's why I like all of these areas to focus in with well, with Frog Pants, because they all were under the same kinds of restrictions. Um, you either had to know somebody, get extremely lucky, or get 50,000 rejection letters before something slipped in. Today, and what occurred to me in the late 90s was, whoa, you can just make this now. You can put it up with a little just rudimentary skill with the web, and you can build your own audience over time, and build your own recognition, and sometimes that recognition goes so far that you're making Axe Cop with your little brother, and before you know it, you got an Axe Cop TV series. Right, right. Um, and that is a pretty special property, but I guarantee you that thing's not going over some editor's desk and getting approved in the traditional way. Right. So this is a wonderful time. A lot of people, they complain because they think we're in a sea of mediocrity, and it's really hard to tell what's any good anymore because everybody's doing it, and so therefore there's a lot of junk, and that's... I guess true in some ways, but I'm really glad that I've got something that I do that may not be in the, let's say the 80s, would not have been up to snuff for the powers that be then, but it's up to snuff for an audience now that I can go get, I can have, and I can curate and and help and build. So I say 
screw the old way, welcome the new way. And the new way is the way, whether people like it or not. I mean, it used to be syndicated comics where the, that's all you wanted in yeah. life. I want to be syndicated in every paper in this country. Yeah. Guess what I want right now? Not that. Yeah, I, I don't I actually, want that. I, I know exactly how you feel. Like earlier this year, I actually submitted Starcross to my local paper, and it really? was a contest where the prize was you get published for ten weeks in the newspaper, and there were some other prizes too, like a MacBook and stuff like that. And I just thought, well, whatever. It's a good excuse to draw Starcross in color, do like a Sunday, different format, different challenge. And I got into the finals, and I started to think. I don't know if I really want to do this. Like, I want the MacBook, but I don't yeah. know if I want to be in the paper. And I mean, if you want to see, and if you want to see and hear really good discussions on traditional syndication for comic strips versus web comics, watch Stripped yes. yeah. by Dave Kellett. Uh, really good. Who, who here has seen that? Yeah, has anybody seen that? It's a really great yeah. one. You guys should. Watch I mean, it. it's only like 14.99 on iTunes, but do yourself a favor and go to their website and download the extended interviews. There's something like 30 hours of the full interviews with most of the creators. You can do a la carte, two to three bucks a piece, or you can just do like 20, 30 dollars and download them all. And Are they the first people in long time they even get sent, uh, Bill Watterson to say anything? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, Bill Watterson's first cartoon in 20 years was the poster for the strip. It's crazy. And then he did a phone interview with Dave. And then they've got like several, like lots of people. They've got the guy that made Luann. They've got Bill Amon. They've got lots of Burt Breathed. Burt Breathed. They got the old hats, and then they got like Daniel Corsetto and um, the arcade guys. Scott Kurtz. Scott Kurtz. Yeah, is Scott Kurtz. Yeah. Uh, Pearls Before Swine. What's his name? Uh, right. Uh, Stefan Pastis. Stefan Pastis. And yeah. He just had. Story, uh, yeah. Yeah, he just swapped some artwork with uh, Bill Watterson. Stefan yes. Pastis did. Yeah. <laughs> Which is in a weird way is a. It's weird. The godfather of the old successful model yeah. sneaking into the new one. That's insane. Yeah, that didn't, didn't even cool say thing. anything about it, right? Just so cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. Was that the movie that, that showed um, how big celebrities, uh, like the, the guy who did uh, Dennis the Menace was back in the time? Mm -hmm. It would go on late night with John, Johnny Carson. Yeah, they'd show oh, up yeah. on talk shows and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was a so big deal. then what is then, so there's really very little barrier of entry for anybody who wants to work in an electronic world. Hmm. So what's then the the key then to build that audience? Make good stuff. Nah, right? I, it's it's it sounds silly, but I mean, if you if you build it, they will come. I can I can think of a million different cliches, but I I feel like all the success that I see, it's never going to be Twitter. It's never going to be you know how much you're marketing your comic or you know uh, different kind of opportunities or, or podcast interviews, it's going to be that you are consistently making stuff that people yeah. like. All that and, other stuff will support that, yeah, but you and, gotta have that. And it and it has to be something that you like too. I mean like if you I think you can make a comic about feet for all I care and that there's people out there, there's enough people in the world that you Quentin Tarantino it. would read that comic. <laughs> there you go. There's enough people I mean it's a horrible example, but there's there's enough people out there that you'll find your niche. I mean like I've got a friend that listens to knitting podcasts. What? <laughs> you know, but they exist for a reason because there's a lot of knitters out there that like that kind of stuff. Well, I, I would say that, like, okay, quality is really important. Mm -hmm. It is really important because when I see people, it's like, my comics are not doing well. Do you have any? Like, well, are you, work, work on it, one, do some more work. And, um, but part of that work is um, knowing uh, where to get an audience. For example, uh, one of my friends has this uh, webcomic called uh, Vibe. And he's an awesome artist. He's really great. And uh, it's like if I show this to you, you'd be like, this this guy's great. This comic should be extremely popular. And uh, there's this, sh this site called Smack Jeeves, and uh, I don't know if anyone's heard of it, but it um, it is literally for web comics. 
And some people are kind of iffy about um, putting their art on a site that's for web comics. And like, it's what I mean by for web comics is like they'll host your web comic for you, and it's really for people that don't know anything about programming. And if you do know anything about programming, you can mess with it. It's nice. But the most important thing, and I was actually the same same thing. I was like, uh, Kristen, my co-creator, um, I don't want to. I want. I want us to have our own site with our own. St- I don't want to be tied to like some other like deviant art type thing. Um, but what it turned out is that the people on that site, all they want to do is read web comics. Like that's what they they are there for. They're like they want new web comics. They're addicted. They're hungry. They want it. And uh, so it was like actually very smart for us to um, have this platform where there's just a, literally a built-in audience for it. And I think uh, and so I told the same story. My like, mom's not bored. She just has to go. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point that out. Sorry. Hi, continue. Um, I told this this same story to um, my friend with his Vibe comic and. And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, listen, I was you. Listen to me. And he was, and he came back to me later. He's like, you were absolutely right. And so, like, what's this site again? Uh, Smack Jeeves. Smack Jeeves. It's a very strange okay. name for it, but mm-hmm. if you're thinking about starting a web comic, I, I honestly rec- highly recommend them. They have uh, like built-in audience, built-in comment system, uh, listening to feedback, and being aware of what. And by, part of uh, working hard is actually doing research and actually trying to understand um, what people are what people are doing right. Like, if there's a comic that you really like, what are they doing right? I don't mean copy their comic. I mean, what about it is great? Is it the art? Is it how they lay out their jokes? Is it a combination of those things? Is facial expressions? Um, stuff like that. Uh, I had a professor once. I'm like, I'm really bad at writing papers, professor. I'm really sorry. This is, I, don't, I don't know why this is such a bad paper. He's like, you know, you get better at writing by reading good things, uh, which is true. And I think I write a lot better now, now that I'm out of college. <laughs> and, and it doesn't matter. But uh, I think I'm a lot better writer now because, you know, I try to really read better things and understand like what about them is successful. Mm-hmm. What so, are you reading? I want to know. Uh, Give us something. Uh, is it, oh, don't put me on the spot. My mind's You're away. on the spot. Uh, what am I reading? I, I like Kieran Gillen's work. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he like recently did like uh, volume two of Young Avengers, for example. Right. And he did um, no Journey in... Uh, maybe he d- did like uh, like a, a long stint with um, Journey into Mystery mm-hmm. with Baby Loki, and I thought it was like mind-blowingly good. Um, I, I'm, I'm really bad to ask about like what's what's good, but like try try to understand like what about those comics and stuff like appeals to you, um, and uh, what is is makes them them good to you. And you have sure. weird anomalies sometimes, like. You know, XKCD is enormously popular. Right. Probably the most popular comic on the web. That and the oatmeal fight all the time for top spot. But the they stick ha- figures, come on, Scott. Yeah, and they have they have a they have a thing in common, which is they're especially XKCD, this totally crude stick pic, uh, figures. It doesn't matter because what he is making is resonating with people. Mm-hmm. It's the writing, mm-hmm. and it's resonating with a very specific audience, and it's made huge success for himself. 
and I would say the oatmeal is in the same kind of boat. There, but there's, there's artwork that's there, and it's happening. It's weird, and it's kind of unique or whatever. But really, it's what he's saying, and that, again, is resonating with a huge audience. So there's this weird combination of not sure how much to put on one side of the scale or the other of let's make something really high quality. Well, what does that mean? To me, it might be how good is my color and shading work. To you, it might be how good your ink. Mm-hmm. To him, it might be something totally different. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter. If you're not reaching somebody somehow with what you're either saying or how you're showing it, you're going to have a slow go of it. And that doesn't mean you can't focus in on a niche. That's one of the beauties of this, is that I can say, well, I want to make a comic about... For a while there, I did a little short thing called The Bigfoot Diaries. I don't know if yeah. anyone remembers that. Remember that. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> I read it. Uh, I really enjoyed doing that. I made, I made mostly ran out of time because of how much time it was taking me to do. But that's a very niche little thing that would have found an audience that just, for whatever reason, that, that clicked with them. But it was probably not going to be the next, you know, Penny Arcade or anything. There, there's no chance of that. But Extra Life has got a, a bigger volume than that. And then there are people I know who've, who've got more than that. And, well, why is that? It's a combination of things. How you market it, where you put it. It's now getting to the point where it doesn't matter anymore where your comics are posted. I don't know. Start a Tumblr page. I know Tumblr comic artists who are making bank and have millions of views, and they're just putting it on Tumblr. Mm-hmm. So there's these days of like, well, you got to have a proper website. It better have a real email. And you know, like we're trying to be a bunch of businessmen in suits. It's kind of that's kind of just becoming all nebulous. People are just consuming it. I'm on my phone. Where did it come from? Don't care. It was funny, and I saw it, and I shared it with 100 people, and they shared it with 100 more. And before you know it, it's all over the place. I'm coming to grips with that now. That that is the way things are changing. And I have to be ready to accept the fact that what what made for comic uh, web comic digital comic success in 2002 may not be what makes it a success in 2014. And well, being willing to be flexible that way is important. There's something else too. Not only do you need to be good, you need to do research and have the platform. But there's one other thing, Scott, that I think is important with with comics, web comics, or otherwise, is consistency, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. There was, I can only point to a couple of weeks in maybe 2004 where there wasn't a comic on Extra Life. And there have been times where there's sometimes more a week, but there's always been at least a comic a week was always my promise. And I think that's crucial, is to be consistent. I, I, s- I say that knowing I haven't recorded any podcast this week for this thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I would say that, well, you know, you haven't recorded any podcast this week. And um, I had um, a famous uh, comic book webcomic person creator come up to me at a convention and um, tried to like do a mentor thing with me and almost killed him and uh, he Names. was like I'm, no I'm not gonna this is, this is being recorded if it, it wasn't totally. I'll tell you later and uh, so they came up just to offer they came, advice they came up and they were like this is really good but you know like you had to be really consistent and stuff and I saw there wasn't an update and, you know like there wasn't an update because we me and my co-creator were working conventions and we like being consistent because we think in practical terms it's good because um, then your comic will get done in, in that kind of sense like so that you won't be putting it off too much but if you have a good product your fans will forgive it. Like, our fans are extremely understanding. I, I do know that, like, I have some friends, they have comics, and they, they have really intense and aggressive fans. But I think it's important to, like, 
cultiv- try and cultivate um, a fan base that understands that like when you get sick, you got sick, and it's okay. And uh, like when if you have to take a break, you know things happen. But um, part of that's just communicating, right? Yeah. 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 We try to like update them. We talk. We post like, for example, like I'm not. We're not updating like while I'm at this convention. If you look at the site right now, there's a little picture saying, "Hey, we're sorry. There's not going to be update. This is when we're we're going to be back." Uh, communication is is very important. But like, uh, if you if you put pump out a good product, like people will stick behind you. You know, uh, Calvin and Hobbes, like. Like the guy just like materialized out of nowhere to like do an interview and do like little comics for that one book. Like and the whole like, world freaks out. Yeah, it's like yeah. what? Yeah. Like, people will people will be understanding, and you want to what's the word? Like, um, I I don't I don't think it's it's good for fans to uh, feel like they can be like rude and aggressive to you like uh, so I, I appreciate like our, all our fans are like that's okay we hope you feel better something like that like we understand so and I, th- I think it's important that like you know if if someone is like losing their mind about you being sick or something you like you know what that's okay you just be mad well let's let's ask Brian Dunaway yes sir you you've taken some time off between comics a lot <laughs> a whole lot of time is that is that stuff that it's because it's you've got other things going on. You've got other commitments. Right, right, absolutely. Um, podcasting is not what I do for a living. I, I program for a living. So, uh, okay, so you know, real quick, how many right. of you how many of you have other jobs besides your web comics or your comics that you guys do? Just show your raise your you hand. You counting quick. podcasting? Uh, podcasting, sure, Scott. Can you call being a yeah. husband? A right, that's a job. Yeah, husband's <laughs> a job. Father's a job. Right. I mean, everybody has another job. You're a programmer. Adriana works at a... At a um, I do character, character design gen- for a yeah. video game company. Video game company. And, and as I far do as freelance. <laughs> right. And as far as the, the, the break that I took in between uh, the comics, which just, it life happened, uh, but I don't think I really got as much blowback. If, if I was writing a story that uh, was developing characters to a degree of like something George R. R. Martin would do, where he would be totally invested into the characters. I think people are probably a little more aggressive, uh, but with a humor strip, I think people are forgiving. You know, they, I, they, Brian made me laugh, but it's okay. He didn't leave me hanging. You know, I'm, I'll wait for him to come make me laugh again. Mm-hmm. Well, these are self-imposed deadlines. I wonder for you, sure. Howard. I, I can't. I have no leeway. That doesn't None. exist, does it? It has to come out a certain day each month. Yeah, or else the book becomes returnable, and and how ah. much of that is like? Let's use Jeff Johns as an example. How much of that is is him knocking on your door, going, "Dude, how are we doing?" Or is it <laughs> well, something else? He, he, uh, he, I worked with him as a writer. It would be an editor who would do that, um, and they would call me up and say, um, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be good, but it has to be done, yeah. and and you'll find yourself having to push through the motions, big pots of coffee. Uh, to make deadlines and uh, and it's not a good feeling to not be able to look at the work that you've put out. If somebody brings up something to sign, it makes you ill to look at. <laughs> yeah. But you've also this. had you've also taken some breaks from being an artist, right? That was that was one reason why I took my just because of the yeah. deadline pressures. Yeah, I, I saw where it was going. I was on the JLA book, and um, after four years or so, I saw where it was going, and my life was just. <laughs> 
flying by me. I was trapped in a room all day, 16 hours, and I wanted a nine-to-five job mm-hmm. and to see have friends and, mm-hmm. and, and like, see my family. So yeah, I left for two and a half years. I, I think that's unconscionable, honestly. Yeah. I, don't, I can't believe they. But it happens a no, lot. No, no I mean, that's, that's, that's the speed of business, right? That is, unfortunately, that is literally how the United the the American comic book system works. Other countries, not like that. Um, like don't have this kind of like workhorse treatment of their artists that you know you're working for less than minimum wage like long ridiculous hours you have to pump out the books um, on top of like no health care and stuff and little to no support sorry but but it's it's i think it's it was a lot on me though mindful i I should have said no get somebody else which i've learned it took me 15 20 years to 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 get there I, i don't think they should be allowed to ask that of someone yeah Personally, I, 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 uh, well, I, in, I, in a perfect world, yes, but you know, but if you're in other DC, con- you know, other countries, they well, don't I, do I'm that. not saying they're not doing it better, but I'm saying if you're Joe Casado at Marvel and he says to you, you got to have this, and you say you can't, well, okay, I got a, I got a fleet of other artists who are going to do it. I know, but what should happen is there should be a head artist, yeah. there should be assistants, mm-hmm. they should be paying I totally way agree. more. Yeah, totally agree. Like, Union. you shouldn't, you yeah. shouldn't, yeah, yeah, you like, you shouldn't be like. Treating people like this, like, and, and I, I know that like people want their monthly book, right? And you should get your monthly book, but you know, there are better ways to do it. You, well, but there's sometimes. I mean, people. there's some. And you're talking about other countries. I mean, uh, if you've read some comics from uh, France, uh, from yeah. uh, Belgium, exactly. you know, like uh, Asterix Comics comes out like once a year, or once every five yeah. years, and people it's a piece snatch of it up. Or, it's a big, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. a Black Sad. If you've ever read Black Sad, is another example where it's like three or four years between volumes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's it's you know there are some some benefits, and maybe for those, and maybe that's a, a big benefit for working on the web comic side is you guys yeah. get to produce when you want to produce right. at your own time and you reap the reap the reward completely yourself absolutely i just want to say now things have changed i work with the editor and i I voice hey i'm getting things are getting tight can we get some help here and and, uh, something it took me a long time to learn what brought you back in um was there some was there just a desire to say uh, i want to do this again or was there a phone call from somebody no no, not really i was uh working at a bank in a, a, a cubicle and and all I had to do was go to meetings, and I was doing nothing, and just eating and going to meetings. And it was great for a couple of years, but then I, I felt compelled. I felt like I have to make things. I have to mm-hmm. create things, or I feel like I'm wasting my time. So, so uh, that's got back in. Yeah, I got back in. Joel, what drives you every day to sit down or and create? Rent. Rent. <laughs> Rent. Rent is a very good. That's a, uh, no, seriously, I'm. Um, I, I can really lose myself in creating a comic. I, I, I tend to write all the time, like I write little things down here and there, uh, and I turn them into comics later, but when it comes to penciling and inking the comic, like I can lose afternoons. Uh, I always find myself more relaxed after. I feel fulfilled when I post it online, and I enjoy it, others are enjoying it, I'm sharing a laugh with, with readers. Um, that's the kind of thing that, that pushes me forward, is definitely just being able to create something and share it with people is the, just the be-all, end-all of webcomics for me. I get posters remorse. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what I'll do is I'll work on something I'm really proud of or like while I'm making it or whatever, I'll post it, and then I'm like, Ugh, I don't like how I did mm-hmm. that, or whatever. And it usually takes me maybe sometimes a year <laughs> 
But sometimes yeah. only a couple of weeks, and I'll look back and go, eh, it's all right. Or I'll look at something really old that I thought I hated yeah, exactly. and go, oh, my gosh, that's totally funny. What was I thinking? Yeah. Why did I hate that so much? So I don't know what that is or why I do that, but I wish that wasn't there because it's frustrating to do all that work, mm-hmm. put your guts into it, and then go, meh. Brian, <laughs> you know? what about you? It's, How actually, you? it's How the hardest thing with, with digital work, too, especially because some of, some of my stuff is digital. I still have to scan in my drawings. It's the hardest thing to just, you know, as I inked it, that's how it goes up. I, right. I can't spend three hours fixing <laughs> eyelashes and stuff like that. And, and Or old work. I mean, you go to put a book together, and you're looking from strips from like three years ago, and you're like, oh, God, I have to put this in a book? Yeah, I know. That part <laughs> I hate. It's, it's hard. It's hard to kind of move forward. But I, I found that um, some solace is that some um, readers and fans like to see the progression of your work. Like They like to see how you started and how you've grown. And so, like, so leave that stuff out. Yeah, I guess. It there Let's see what happens. Yeah. Usually people like the stuff I hate the most, so i got to quit doing <laughs> yeah. that. Howard, I have a, qu- a quick question just as a follow-up to the way the culture works now in comic books. By, by the what? By just the way the culture works in okay. comic books today versus maybe 10, 20 years ago. Okay. So are, are the days gone where Todd McFarlane never sees a dime for making Venom or Jerry Conway never gets credit for The Punisher or go all the way back to the Stanley oh, days if you want. Create, is like it creator owned is the creator owned stuff is that getting better or is it the very least even if Marvel or somebody owns it is it getting better in terms of you know good pay for good work you know what I mean like well, DC right. just DC just sent an email out to creators this past week talking about changes and how they're going to um, pay on royalties of those right. kinds of things can you talk about that? Uh, well the, the best thing about I think it's fantastic what they did was now they're going to include colorists in with the royalties and, and give them cover credit nice. so I think it's about it's about time that those guys are tremendous artists and can make and break books they, they really like it kills yeah. me like if I see I, I can see like the worst art colored like really beautifully and I was like man this artist is like a lot <laughs> this penciler's a lot better than I thought yeah, it, yeah. thought they are or the opposite you know no absolutely make break make or break but going back to Scott's question, is there are there more creator creator rights now? I mean, the biggest thing going on right now uh, is the uh, Jack Kirby estate versus Marvel that's now up for the Supreme Court to decide if they want to hear it. Yeah, because that was work for hire back then. Right. So they're just giving it away. Um, well, the big two have uh, their uh, two lines of um, creator-owned books where the creators get all of the rights to the characters, um, uh, I think Vertigo now mm-hmm. maybe, and uh, I'm not sure the Icon, Marvel. And Icon, yeah. yeah, so that's great, I think. Um, but if you're creating uh, a character for a book that's already coming out, um, you get equity in the character. Um, I don't know if you'll see anything, but will ever pay off. But uh, um, you might get some free action figures at some time, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Do you think that'll that might equate to like? DC, like editorially speaking, like maybe not letting Joe Bob like create so many characters. Because I, I read know. a new writer and then they come out, they're like, okay, now Superman's gonna have this whole team of villains where right. he's got to fight. Oh, which is you like, mean like just limit them and say, hey, hold, one really cool iconic character at a time, please, that kind of thing? I, I don't know, because like on the one side, I'm like, yeah, I would like to see fewer characters, but on the other side, it's like Camper's creativity, and that's kind of like a standard of like writing for comics, like, new writer, what am I going to do? Like, make some new villains for Spider-Man to punch, like, that's kind of standard writing, yeah, on, like, right. you start a new book, like, you're going to make new characters. I do know of some people who 
come up with characters that became pretty popular and have appeared in video games, and they get a nice size check mm-hmm. nice. Uh, once a year or something. So it does exist if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. So you think guys like Jim Lee are actually influencing uh, over there at DC that kind of uh, getting that culture more in a place where the artists and the creators are being better get, treated? It could be, you know, he's a. I mean, he's the guy. Awesome artist himself. So he, he left with with McFarlane and right, right. established what it means to be an independent company, and then came back, and then it just seems like he would still have some of that spirit with him, you know. I don't know, officially out, mm-hmm. but yeah, he since he's there, and this this letter that you're talking about mm-hmm. seemed really great for uh, creators. Yeah, because it came from it came from both. Uh, Jim Lee and uh, yeah. Dan DiDio, so yeah, I was happy to read that. Yeah, good. good. It also makes Comic sense. I mean, nerd you're gonna... talk is awesome, isn't it? I freaking love it. <laughs> it makes sense. Like, you want to attract like better writers and creators to like come work for you, but if you tell them like uh, you're not gonna get anything for making Venom Five or whatever. Yeah. So let me ask you guys this, and we'll just kind of. Um, Kind of wrap up because I want to make sure that we have plenty of time for question and answers from the from the audience. What is everyone's thoughts on having your works distributed through Comicsology? And I know not all of you do that. A couple of you have had your works distributed through there. But what are your thoughts on Comicsology and how how they run as a business? Adriana, you do that with Minor Acts of Heroism. Yeah, uh, it's been great for us. Um, Comicsology loves us. It was uh, honestly like. It was a long like, time trying to get in first. It right? was at first like they were kind of. I just imagine like you would. They had a submission process, but kind of almost not. Mm-hmm. And we would submit and we submit. And I think you like you're like, hey, have you ever tried submitting your thing to Comicsology? And I sent back like a really like dark <laughs> reply, like we've tried for two years or but, something. But now they've changed. I mean, their submit process is actually a lot more streamlined. Okay. See, I'm not sure where this what happened, but. Um, so they restructured, mm-hmm. and I think that's when you emailed me yeah. going, hey, they restructured, maybe you want to try it again. I was like, okay. We tried it again. But also, when we tried it again, we were like, these are our numbers. Like, These are like the amount of fans that we have. And we got a response way quicker. Ah, okay. And But the response was like, we're restructuring it, we're going to make our submission process like way better. So mm-hmm. they actually... The submission process before was, I think, you send an email into yeah, the ether. ether. Yeah, yeah. And now they actually have a upload system and all that. They actually have like uh, backends for it, and it's it's been great for us. You know, you get a check every every now and then um, when you sell past a certain amount, and they've been very supportive. They've been uh, uh, pushing us and promoting us. Good. Uh, they promote us like with you know. You can do like a 99 cent sale or, or like mm-hmm. give it away for free. Like, and it's been nothing but beneficial. It's a, it's a really good uh, uh, venue. I, I really don't. There's not really a downside to it, in my opinion. Good, Howard. I, I absolutely love it as a fan and mm-hmm. as a creator, because uh, once those things are up there, they're there forever. Yeah. How do you think of your work being able to where we can now zoom super far in and see <laughs> oh. the detail? <laughs> Is that something I that you like? I think it should be zoomed out. Right. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> my work. <laughs> Don't we? Um, oh, oh yes, I would love to be on Comicsology, but I don't believe Howard was finished. Oh, talking. sorry. No, no, that's fine. But uh, yeah, so I'm curious. What do you guys think about Comicsology? Are we creating another syndicate? I mean. Will it ev- could it eventually evolve into that? Well, there's always going to be platforms, right? Right. So this will be my opinion about Comicsology also. See how I did that? I made I, you, and, answer good. your question and very do good. the thing. 
Um, how to run a panel, everybody. Uh, no, what was I going to say? So I was going to say this. If, if Comixology represents another platform, and it turns out it's a very artist and creator-friendly p- platform, which is good. Right. Um, it's like app developers on iOS App Store or on Google Play or something. They are motivated to create an ecosystem that supports you as a creator. Right. And because they do that, because that's where their bread is buttered, they are going to make all efforts to do that. So I'm all for this. I'm all for platforms. I don't have a problem with the fact that they may become dominant and somebody, nobody else can seem to compete. I like competition. That will drive them to do better, so I'm not saying we shouldn't have any. But at some point, it's just too easy to say, I'll just do this all myself. Well, right. okay. Or you could latch on to something that made you some money. I mean, the truth is we're all hosting our web comics on our websites anyway. We're paying some hard, some third-party host to do that. Mm. What's the difference than paying a cut to Comixology for having a big, visible platform where people can get your comic easily? So I do not bristle at these things. I think they're great. And Comixology, as a fan and reader, gives me a wonderful experience. Forget about all that. I'm still irritated about the iOS store, Amazon thing. Forget about that. But outside of that... Um, I'm kind of over that now, and it's been uh, this just wonderful reading and cons- consumption ex- experience, and I've, I've got projects I'm eyeing to put there, and why wouldn't you? And why wouldn't you try every platform? Why wouldn't you try to get your stuff as many places as you can? It's the people who try to limit it to one place. Absolutely. And then they get hosed because the one place either doesn't have the eyeballs or you just missed out on opportunities. So mm-hmm. yay to comicsology. Joel? Uh, pretty much a ditto, but but with a question that... I mean, I can see a lot of uh, narrative comics, you know, comic books, superhero stuff, uh, indie comics and comicsology. I read a lot. Uh, but I don't see, and I haven't really looked for, any comic strips. And if you're dealing with such small, bite-sized pieces of content that is also available on a website that is, at the moment, arguably faster to get to than comicsology, I don't know how much I would benefit from being on Comixology. Not that I wouldn't want to be there. Because, like Scott said, the more eyeballs on your work, the better. Because, I mean, I, I don't really make much money from Starcrossed itself. I, I get eyeballs, and then people order commissions or sure. hire me to do other things. It's kind of like, it's almost like a lost leader advertising platform for me. That's just really fun to do. Um, but I, I mean, like... It's a lot like podcast. Now that you mention that, yeah. If we do a, if I did a five minute a day podcast, I'm not saying I'm gonna, but if I did, <laughs> there is a there is a huge amount of work. There's almost the same amount of work minus a few sort of export times and things for me to create that file every day, to put it somewhere, to descript it, to have a website to refer to it, and all that stuff. The whole process is just the same amount of work as if I was doing an hour long weekly show. It's also more work for you to go get that thing, to check it every day. Is it up? Is it down? What's going on? Downcast isn't working today. Well, I get it on the website. Why is the website down? I mean, all these little things. So you start to have this diminishing returns the smaller you got. I feel like strip-based comics are have not found a home in that kind of format yet because they are these bite-sized things that you want to consume in a way that is most bite-sized. And yeah. that's not yeah. offering that. I, I, would, I would actually argue with, with those things. Like, I, I definitely... Ooh, I like it. Go. <laughs> okay, well, I think, think about, like, Penny Arcade. Yeah. Penny Arcade puts out printed books. And a lot of people, when they announce it, like, who's going to buy a printed book? It sells. Those books sell. Oh, yeah, sell. they do great, yeah. It's like... People and even think about like even way back in the day like Garfield books sold. Oh, I have the huge wow. wooden or the big leather bound yeah. up far side and yeah. the big uh, Calvin Hobbes thing. I'm total. I totally agree with you on that. I think the compilation stuff. Yeah. Always a market. That's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Uh, but on a daily like new basis. Well, you're, what you're not going to do for comic strips is say I'm not reading any of them till the whole book is done. Right. Right. It's like I uh, no like uh, with web comics like. 
I have a webcomic. We sell it on Comixology. Mm-hmm. You can literally get the the material for free, but our printed edition and our the one we sell on Comixology has extra bonus material. Mm-hmm. Like, like trades or whatever. Like yeah. trades or whatever. I didn't say that. Like, there's, so there's bonus material in the back of the book. I don't know if people understand this about Comixology, but you're not putting any money down or paying Comixology anything. No. Like, they take a cut of the, the profit. So there's you no... You don't sell anything, you just don't get exactly. anything. Exactly. Right. So there's no reason not to do it. Yeah. And if you... Like, there are a lot of ways that you can format a, a strip comic... Uh, for example, Penny Arcade will have like notes or mm-hmm. something at the bottom of their printed material. Yes, but they are not in Comicsology, is, is all I'm getting at. So if they, I'm not saying it wouldn't. They probably do fine anyway because it's Penny Arcade. But, and but a lot exposure. of web comics like do but sell there Comicsology. There are some. In fact, I don't know if Kurtz does or not. He I don't may, think so. Uh, d- does um, older does Comicsology allow any kind of mixed media like um, like video or audio? Uh, I Not don't. I, I don't think so. Stephen wasn't there. Well, Marvel Unlimited started Marvel doing Unlimited that, right? Started doing so. Yeah, that, but I don't. I'm know. just thinking, like, if you wanted to give extra content, you could have like a little audio commentary mm-hmm. or a little behind-the-scenes video mm-hmm. yeah, they have included in your book on Comicsology to make it something that is not available on the web. And only but there, like, like, well, like I said, there's bonus material. Like, I somebody mentioned here, might have been you, that like people like to see how you how you make, yeah. make stuff, mm-hmm. like. Um, some one of my friends like they they put out like a, a whole other separate book that's just the line art for a comic instead of like having the colors on top of it right. or you can like show the sketch process stuff like mm-hmm. that like people like yeah. that stuff there's a way you can sell it and also people um, with webcomics they want to support you and they especially if it's something like reasonably priced like 99 cents is like a great price point for a lot of the stuff like um, people like yeah sure for a dollar I'll try it I don't know yeah, sure yeah. whatever like I'll I'll buy a lot of things for a dollar because I don't understand what math is <laughs> I'll buy that Push, for a yeah, dollar like, yeah, uh, exactly. yeah, we, sure. are, we are just getting we're running close out of time and so oh, I want to open up the floor no everybody's fine everybody's doing a great job but I wanted to make sure that if any of you had any questions just raise your hand up and uh, we will oh we try need to a runner don't we well we'll try to repeat the question for, for, for those people anybody have a question right here The Amazon deal? Right. So uh, Amazon bought Comixology, and it sent ripples through the industry because people are like, "Uh uh-oh, because we know. So here's the thing. Comixology owes its success. Whether you like Apple or not, they owe their success to the success of the iPad and that app. And also impulse buys. Yes. That's mostly it. But 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 that was its platform of growth. That's where it started, and that's where it got huge. Later came the Android version. That was a good version. Still is. In fact, now you could call it the superior version because of what I'm about to tell you. But the deal was they they had this wonderful platform and then Amazon bought it and everybody went, ooh, Amazon does weird things when they do that because they won't. Apple wants their 30% thing for every app sold and every in, in-app purchase. And Amazon has hates that. They want their own Apple ecosystem-like thing and that's good. That's fine for them to want to do that. But they did this with Kindle. So the Kindle app, you can't download and buy a book on the iPad version of the Kindle app. You have to go to the website, buy it, and then later sync it. They just did that whole conversion straight over to Comixology. So the worst part was is a lot of us, or people who maybe weren't in the know, they logged in one day and it said, 
we suck now. Go to the website. <laughs> you can so, read through Comixology now, but you can't purchase in apps. Correct. So if you've got them already downloaded or synced, ones you own, right? And you can read them all day long. But if you want to go get a new book, like Stephen was saying, an impulse buyer, like, man, I love that issue. The next one's only 99 cents. I'm going to get it now. And I did that all the time. Yeah, me too. You can't do that anymore. Haven't so, they fixed that? No, they not on iOS. No, not on the iOS. Yeah. Which yeah. sucks. But well, isn't that because of uh, Apple's thing it's, where they won't let it? Well, it's because, well, it's it's because depends of, on who you want to blame. I mean, right, Apple yeah. has a way of making money, and Amazon has a way, and Amazon right. didn't want to give any cut to, to Apple. So there's there's two camps. A lot of people are ticked at Apple. People are ticked at Amazon. I kind of get it from both perspectives. I just think we kind of lose as consumers because now that ease of use and that quick mm-hmm. functionality is gone. That's so. the thing that upsets me the most, yeah. is just the ease of use. Now, can I go onto Safari on my iPad and, and order That's it? Yes, I can, yeah. but it's that one extra layer of barrier, whereas when I get to the end of Minor Acts of Heroism issue three, it says, hey, you want to buy issue four? Yes. And I can do that. Yeah. yeah. So, The big question that I have about all this, which I mean will just remain to be seen, is the 30% that used to go to Apple? I mean, is Amazon just getting extra? Yeah, is no, they get. Is that? But are they going to negotiate better deals? With so the, was it? They were talking. They were talking about creators getting more or something, yeah. but that didn't happen, right? And nothing's happened yet, to my knowledge. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, just, that's the question that just is on my mind that I just no one knows the answer to yet. That's no, right? Bezos. He's patting his uh, delivery drone money. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever he's going to do. <laughs> I mean, it's easy to get cynical about it. I get both perspectives in terms of the business models and stuff, but that the pain of it is that it it took this really thriving thing and set it two steps forward, one step back. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, either that gets better, competitors rise up and they are better. I really like Marvel Unlimited. The app's gotten better. It's kind of still janky Mm -hmm. compared to the Comixology, but those kinds of services are cool. Um, But then again, I'd like to get lots of independent stuff, which I'm not going to get on the Marvel app. So there's we're back to a, a little more confused marketplace, and that's frustrating for consumers, in my opinion. So, good, good question. Yeah. Other question. Let's go with yellow hat here. Yellow hat. Yellow hat. Oh, maybe it's green on your side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, my question is, if you guys all recommend a web comic outside of your group that you really look forward to reading, either a well-established one or not? Okay. The question is, what web comic do you recommend? Joel, let's start with you. Beaumaries. Oh, I yes. boom. She is amazing. She's a French Canadian cartoonist. She does a journal comic, and her and her husband just had a baby, and it is hilarious. Five days a week. Both. The baby is fantastic. That baby is a hoot. Everything. Uh, I'm going to recommend Plocks by my friend Steve Hamaker, not just because he's my friend. He was almost here, actually, on this panel. He couldn't come last minute, but he used to be the colorist for Bone. Right. From Jeff Smith, and he was awesome. The color work on that was always just mind-blowing. And Steve recently launched this other comic, and it's just kind of his... It's a lot about World of Warcraft, his kind of gaming culture and this kind of stuff. I absolutely love the way he draws. Um, And this is a case of an incredibly good colorist who also happens to be an amazing artist, generally. Uh, And I want to say it's just Plox Online, P-L-O-X. If you Google it, you'll find it. Um, But it's all long-form, great chapter stuff. It's it's awesome. He's a really good artist. Very good. I've been reading a lot of uh, The Bug, uh, I think it's Bug Martini now yes. is uh, what it's called. Adam, Adam Huber, Huber. Yep. does that, and and the the artwork is is simple, but the writing is is brilliant. It's kind of XKCD kind of writing. I really enjoy that. I think it's uh, was it BugMartini.com. I think that's uh, right. Yes, BugMartini.com. He just changed it. He's actually yeah. doing a guest comic for me this week on the way. Oh, is he really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. yeah. Good. Well, that one's a really that good one's a great guy. Yeah. I like this one called uh, X. Ext- Ext- 
Extra Life. Oh, sorry. Right. sorry. <laughs> it's all right. I read it. Oh, that's good. You're guaranteed to smile. All right. Oh, that's nice of you to say. Did you? I like JLA a lot, that run you're on. Right. It's really good. That famous webcomic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Char- Char- the, I can't say this name. The Abominable Charles Christopher, which oh, is yes. a webcomic by Carl Kershaw, who's like a, a DC, I don't know if he ever worked for Marvel, but a uh, DC artist and an amazing artist in general, if you ever like, want to read uh, if you ever read his comics, like they're just gorgeous to look at. But it's about an abominable snowman, and a lot of time there's no like talking, and it's just gorgeous art, and it's really great. Uh, I personally like Daniel Corsetto's um, uh, Girls with Slingshots. Yes. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. I like to read that a lot. And I've got a whole list. We'll probably do a top five on that someday. So let's go to a question right up here in the front. For those who do uh, digital art, do you do vectors or uh, raster? I'm still in. I'm still doing uh, raster because I'm using uh, Corel Painter. Now, I do want to go to vector because, of course, you can scale up infinitely. Uh, but I just find that the scratchboard tool in that thing, I can't find a replacement for it. Now, Scott does some great stuff with brushes in Photoshop, and so does Joel, but I couldn't get it. Uh, I, I draw a lot on paper. I, some comics, if they're really complicated or require a specific like copy and paste for a joke, then I don't use a light table. I use you know digital and I do it online. Um, but um, I do Photoshop because I don't like it's um, vector is just one more barrier between me and just a quick line. And I, if I have to fiddle with stuff, I just I feel I lose the uh, the gesture or the energy of it. So um, I often ink and pencil. Um, on paper, but then at the very least I'll pencil on paper and then ink sometimes on the Cintiq, and it just it gives me the freedom. The first seven years of Extra Life were all pen and ink and then scan, and then I got a Cintiq, and then I never used paper again. Um, I really like the feel of the digital tablet, and I've gotten to the point where I like the kind of nibs I use and the kind of work I can produce on it. Um, yeah, I, 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 to me, they're, they're no longer a Separation, And it's easy to sometimes kind of get old man about it and want to go, well, back in the day, paper was the way or whatever. Paper. But paper is a really cool technological advancement for a different age. I mean, when people got paper, mm. you've seen Waterworld, right? They right. I'm about to say, <laughs> come on, everybody's saying it. Everybody loves paper. Yeah. You ever seen paper? Anyway. Now, do you use Vector at all? Will, I, I, so, yeah, to get to the Vector question. Right. Um, so I use Photoshop as well, but I never, ever go Vector for similar reasons, and I also don't like that Vector's gotten so good that it tries to tell me what I meant to do. Right. And I don't like that I get an uncanny valley feeling from my own artwork, yeah. where it, feel, it feels like a computer went, well, but we straighten that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not a big fan of that. I, I do a lot of stuff where I'll create it, though, in raster images or whatever in Photoshop, and then I will convert it to Vector for print or other reasons. And that's useful for lots of reasons to have that. And that looks pretty good. And it just straight up converts it. Yeah, the technology these that's days good. to convert it is actually pretty yeah, good. So if you so want small file size, yeah. you want to make giant poster prints like this kind of stuff, Vector's the way to go. And this was all done in Photoshop, like this robot stuff, uh, when I did it. And then I just converted it to Vector, and it's an AI file. And the printers are much happier with me when I do that. Yeah. How, Howard, do you work in a digital medium only, or do I you still work in pencils and then transfer? About 50-50. I, do the light table, draw on the regular board, scan it in, and then ink it in Photoshop and put tones and, and stuff like that. But no vector that, uh, like Scott said, it, it'll tell you, you wanted that jaw to be round, mm-hmm. and it'll... 
Yeah, nobody wants a round Batman jaw, right? <laughs> Adriana? Um, a couple things. Uh, Brian, I'll talk to you later about um, getting cool. uh, better brushes. Better brushes. Uh, better brushes in, like, Photoshop. Right. Okay. But um, there are programs that are making vector more natural like you did, said you didn't want anything between you between you and the line like i completely understand that yes and and like it correcting for you but um there are better they're getting better and better programs for that um i work in flash for work a lot um which is uh vector stuff and for a while with uh, another comic um that me and my co-creator did called stop like we started out doing everything digitally and everything vector for like this we're like we want to be able to scale this up later blah 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 and it was too slow it was too slow um i used to do the pencil work uh the pencils quotation marks in all in um uh the computer and it was it was um it was too slow in the sense that I don't know. I just draw differently. But that said, I um, I usually it depends on what I'm drawing. Uh, for example, I just drew a thing where I needed to keep make sure everyone in the, the panels stay uh, proportional to each other. And like I drew this really good head over here and really good head over here, but they're supposed to be standing in the same room and they're all the wrong size. So I take like uh, usually at that point I'm like ah and I take it into the computer fix everything and then hand it off to Kristen to ink it and she um, used to ink um, with uh, pen and sometimes she still does but uh, right now she inks with like the lasso tool in in Photoshop like a, a machine like like no other human does on the planet but she does but um, it's it's raster stuff. Um, just because uh, it's the technology is just not there for it. The programs that do support you painting and working more naturally aren't robust enough to make the file sizes that you need. They're just not robust enough right now. Okay. We are out of time. So very quickly, just down the line, where can people find more of your stuff? Adriana. Uh, AdrianaFerguson.com and MinorActsOfHeroism.com. Howard. Um... Justice League 3000 comes out once a month. It's a comic shop. Okay. <laughs> oh, actually, I have, a, I have a critical hit sketchbook in the lobby if you want to buy the yep. critical yep. hit sketchbook. There's a whole Brian? sorry. Uh, BrianDunaway.com. And also check out ComicsCoastToCoast.com where we do interviews with cartoonists every week. And we're doing a live show in a half an hour. Oh, we're doing a live show in a half an hour. Come feel... The uh, superior room. The, love. the superior room. Oh, please. The superior room. Yes. Scott. I think meant feel the love. Feel, feel the love. Feel it can you feel Does everybody know where you can find Scott's stuff? Uh, MyExtraLife.com for the comic. I tried to get the just extra life, but the guy wouldn't sell it unless I paid him $67,000. So it's still My Extra Life. Not a problem. Uh, you can find that or FrogPants.com for all the illustration stuff. And most of what I do is up on the store and stuff, too, as many of you know. So and thank Joel. you for always coming and supporting all that. Uh, StarcrossedOnline.com for the comic and JoelDuggan.com for everything else that I'm right. up to. And I've got some books to sign in the lab- lobby if you guys are interested. All right, everybody enjoy this. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank we you so much. You. Thank you, the panelists. Thank you, guys. Your next panel begins in 30 minutes at 3 o'clock. You can also Thanks, ask everybody. me questions. Like, I'll be out there signing sketchbooks. And, and thank you for listening to our uh, raster versus vector. Uh, if you're yeah, not a cartoonist, stuff, man. that's pretty deep. Yeah. <laughs> hey, how are you? Oh, no, I haven't. Good job. Thank you.